everybody, and welcome to the Energetic Principles Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa LaFera, an astrologer, tarot consultant, all-around creative from sunny San Diego, California. And this is the 145th episode of the podcast, airing October 18th, 2022. Now, in this episode, I'm delighted to welcome special guest Elodie Saint-Angebou to join me on the program to chat about Scorpio Eclipse Season 2022. It's a big season. We've all been waiting for it. Now, Elodie and I are going to dish on probably what is the most transformative month of the year. Of course, it starts here, but it will unleash for a full six months plus. But it is an important season nonetheless. Now, the Scorpio's lair houses two dynamic eclipses, while the entire season is backed by Mars stationing retrograde in Gemini, which just happens to be in a square to Neptune. Now, Jupiter also retrogrades over the Aries world point and back into Pisces, while Venus starts to get situated as an evening star and Mercury revs up its engine for a lunar eclipse superior Kazemi. It's a complicated month, to say the least, but, you know, us two Scorpio Risings are here to talk you through it. Now, to connect visually with the astrology as we step through the charts, you can tune into a video version of this episode on YouTube. Now, if you'd like to support the program, come on over to energeticprinciples.com where you can book a personal consultation, you can leave a one-time tip if you choose to do so, and also you can sign up for my monthly transit newsletter, The Heavenly Wind. Now, just an FYI, I am going to be going on vacation for a few weeks, so... In So due to Mars square Neptune, which has had me a little behind on uh, all that I want to get done, my newsletter is going to go out a little bit late this coming month. So just FYI, if it's the first and it's not in your inbox quite yet, give it a few days. It'll get there. Um, but other than that, uh, I will be back for consultations about mid-November. So come and uh, tell me all your eclipse woes. I'd love to talk you through the chart. Um, but other than that, that's about all that's going on right now. I'm cooking up some things behind the scene, but uh, it's not quite ready to reveal. But you know what is ready to reveal? Scorpio eclipse season. Are you ready to hear all about it? Here we go. Now let's meet our guest. All right. I'm so happy to welcome to the program here today. We have a new guest. We have Elodie with us. And I'm going to say her last name just because I've been taking French, honestly, for like 20 years and I can barely speak it, but I enjoy it. <laughs> so Elodie saint Angebou. I'm just going to go with it. I'm Thanks for having like me. It. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm uh, I'm excited to have you on the program. You've kind of come across my feed a few times. I'm like, hmm, I, might, I would like to talk to Elodie. And then I reached out actually to uh, Nicholas, Nicholas, who was me, on, yeah. yeah, who was on the program last. And I was like, oh, do you have any uh, any guest suggestions? Uh, I trust your I trust your judgment. And it was funny. He suggested you, and I had literally two days before you had posted something online. I was like. We should ask Elodie on the program. Awesome. Paused Same. on it and then he confirmed it. And I was like, oh, yeah. okay, here she comes. <laughs> the signals were on. That's awesome. 
That's right. And uh, I mean, this is a big program, Scorpio eclipse season 2022. We're going to have lots to talk about here. Um, (laughs) So, and and Elodie's got the Scorpio flavor like I do as well. So I think we'll be able to impart some of our Scorpio wisdom, or should we say uh, learned experience uh, on the program here today. But before we get started, uh, Elodie, tell a little bit uh, about yourself to the listeners. Um, well, I'm a French Canadian, I guess. So, uh, in, English is not my first language, but I learned English 20 years ago. I am a practicing astrologer in Newfoundland, but obviously practicing online everywhere for, I don't know, eight years now. I write horoscopes for astrograph time passage and, um, yeah, I consult, I do research on the lunar mansion for the last three years, mm. lunar. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Good. So she's out there. She's doing all I'm things astro yeah. in the, uh, in your little, in your, uh, your off grid palace out in the, that's right. Yeah. Oh, that sounds so <laughs> nice. I would love, I have dreams of going to live in, in the forest. I don't know. <laughs> people, I think people idolize it a lot. Um, we're social creature. I'm just going to say like in my, tw- I spent 20, uh, my 20s really isolated, no running water, no electricity, and then moved closer to the city. But, um, you know, still off grid, but solar panel and all that. And I'm going to say in my 20s, I really miss social connection. I was not aware of that. So we idolize peace, quiet, solitude and all this. But I do think that fundamentally we need social connection. And I just, that was a big realization for me in my twenties. Cause I had idolized the hermit lifestyle, but I suffered a lot from lacking, like just the, you know, connections. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we're, we are, we live to connect. And then like, yeah. even if you think you don't need that, we need that. We, we need it. It's like, yeah. we're just a social species. And, um, to my ideal. And like, as I, I keep talking about my house search, I'm like, I'm on the search to relocate. Um, and my ideal is I want to be out in some nature, maybe on like a half acre land. Doesn't have to be anything crazy. Just enough to have some space, have some trees, have some green. I'm saying out loud. Cause I'm trying to like, you know, manifest yep. it right now, Absolutely. Uh, but I want to be like, like, 20 to 30 minutes away from a city. Like exactly. That's it, ideal. Because I need it, that. Yeah. 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 And you. also, like, you know, just people say, like, oh, become self-sufficient and stuff. You can't really do it just two people. You need a community community to be mm. self-sufficient. Cause if you're gonna go grow veggies, let's say like harvest like sap or whatever, make wine, all of these things, two people cannot do that. Like you need a whole community to do all of that, you know. Yeah. I've definitely had dreams of the commune. <laughs> I yeah. feel like I feel like I would like to live on a commune for like half of the month. Five <laughs> and minutes. then off it, yeah, <laughs> five minutes. <laughs> I'm done with you people. Um, yeah. yeah, there's uh it, it it does have this like kind of nice I've always considered myself a little hippie-ish, so I kind of like that that idea, but I know that if I was in it, I'd be like, no. Well, we no. live we live in such an individualist society yeah. you know everybody just drives their car alone everybody's in their little apartment alone we're just like online we're socializing online and stuff but we're truly very I don't know that we're willing to give a little bit more of our time and stuff like a lot of my single friends are like I don't want to share my time I don't want a relationship like I don't want to compromise like it's it's harder now to compromise you know we're very individualistic oh. 
Gotta learn that lesson though. I mean, life is all about compromises. Even if you're compromising with another person, you're compromising with an authority, you're compromising with just, uh, you know, destiny, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> you know, yeah. Like, yeah. life is a compromise. And if you don't compromise, then you make things a whole lot harder for yourself. Um, I mean, there's sometimes Sometimes you shouldn't compromise. Depends on your personality. You know, some people over compromise and they lose sight of themselves or, you know, don't get what they really need or want. But for the most part, I guess it's just a balance, right? These are all the Venusian Libran things we're talking about here. Yeah. Also, also boundaries. I think that's also Mm -hmm. very Capricornian or Saturnian. Um, But everybody I know, I think just kind of it's a little dense. It's an organic pro- process to understand like how much to give or how much not to give. There's never yeah. like the secret solution, you know? Yeah. I feel like it's a constant learning process and your boundaries change over time too. So yeah. it's just like, you know, checking in with yourself. That's why I feel like the, the whole idea of like values and boundaries go hand in hand. And why I've always said like boundaries are very Saturnian, Capricornian, but I also think of them as very Scorpionic too, just because or like a kind of like a pairing of the two just because yeah you have to like you draw the line because you know what is important to you or what you need and so yeah and yeah, I mean, that- energetic output i think like a scorpio word you know like how much energy is this gonna take and cost <laughs> mm. True, true. Yeah. Uh, and so all these things that we're talking about here may come up as we go through uh, the Scorpio eclipse season coming up here, um, because it is going to be uh, a doozy. There it a is spicy, like, spicy. It is spicy. It is <laughs> spicy. Um, Scorpio is always spicy. And I think we were chatting before we got on here about, um, I guess we're kind of the blessing of being... <laughs> having worked with the scorpionic energy and and we both have Uranus near the ascendant. So we're kind of like already, you know, just in tune with the energy that's coming and how that could be just a, a even though we had to live with it our whole entire lives, you know, <laughs> I guess we've been training for this moment. <laughs> yeah. There's something. Yeah. Once, once we get further down into delineating the month and stuff, there's, there's, I think that, there's always a silver lining in, in the process of eclipses and everything. So I'm careful saying like, you know, because you look at Scorpio and you look at Mars retrograde, like everything coming up and the Uranus signature, it's very like, oh my God, you know, it's like everything that you could imagine that is so intense kind of happening at the same time. But I do think there's like a longer story and there's something, um, about Scorpio being Scorpio rising myself that I noticed with these eclipse cycle about just being more open and receptive. Um, and I don't know, it obviously depends really much where your chart Scorpio is in your Mm. chart, but there's something about the South node that's very spiritualizing and very, um, it's, so it's not all catharsis and like burn it all to the ground. I don't think. (laughs) <laughs> well definitely having it rolling through my first house i've definitely learned a lot about myself uh, yeah and, and in relation to other people that is for sure um, yeah so it is yeah you know it's a it's a learning process and you gotta be you gotta be open to it you gotta roll with those <laughs> roll with those punches flexibility flexibility <laughs> I know, which is not always a natural thing for us fixed signs here. Um, but you know, we're trying, we're doing our best. 
Well, um, I've read before, I think it's probably in the Austin Coppock's book, but when he describes like the middle decan of Scorpio being the most fixed place of all the zodiac, you know, we're talking about fixed season and just like hyper fixity. So change when it does arrive is, whew, you know, it's a lot. <laughs> probably, yeah. Yeah, I've been, I've been confronted with my fixedness um, as of late uh, in all types of things in my life, like and how it is not benefiting me. Yeah. Um, and, and I wouldn't say anyway, I'm seeing at times it has benefited me, but now I feel like I'm at this point and the changes that I want to make and the person that I want to become, it is in the way. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. And so I'm just like chipping away at like this, these rooted, um, patterns, patterns and especially, yeah. you know, kind of like reactionary emotional, yeah. content that you know because we're talking about water here and so there's mm-hmm. that and defensiveness kind of just... I always say Scorpio because it's Mars rule but instead of assertiveness it's more defensiveness so there's something very yeah. uh no like when somebody presents an idea to me my first reaction will be no and then I'll warm up <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'm with you <laughs> yeah but but I do think that the South Node and Scorpio for the last year and a half kind of like really just I've been working on being more receptive and open and just also same thing being very aware of my knee-jerk reflex and just being like okay just there's no um there's no danger you know there's no danger I can just kind of relax into the experience yeah that's a I had it the where I'm like we're, we're working on my front room my what I call my magic room which was like my library and my office should be in there but it's still not in there <laughs> And I, I'm, you know, I want to rearrange it and, and get things out. Most importantly, I want to give things away. And my partner is like, he's like, I want to help you, but every yeah. time I do, you're so resistant. <clears throat> yeah. You're just so, and I can't, I can't help you. Like it just, it's just like, no, it can't do it this way. And da, da, da. <laughs> that could also be Uranus on the ascendant. <laughs> it's all the, it's all those the things resi- I want. The resistance, the resistance yeah. is like, you know, um, I find Uranian people who have strong Uranus signature, they'll just, yeah, they'll just not, it's very, yeah. There's yeah, it's hard to, yeah, it's very, <clears throat> yeah. Which is funny because he's got Uranus in the first two and he's resistant in his own way. Um, yeah. I was like, you know what? I want your help. So yeah. I'm going to relax. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going I to relax. <laughs> I can absolutely, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I'm with you there. I've had very, very parallel experiences. Yeah. So that, that's been, that was recently, I think that was last weekend. And uh, I had my moment where I was like, oh, no, relax, relax, yeah. just entertain it, entertain yeah. it. Yeah. So I totally get you on that. Um, so yeah, well, you know, we are, uh, this will air probably a couple uh, actually, I'll probably air this a little early because I'm going on vacation uh, nice. before Scorpio Perfect season timing. gets here. I know. I'm like, is it? Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm like, a destiny has brought me to this moment, so I guess maybe it is. Um, but uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna kick off Scorpio season on Sunday, October 23rd, um, which is interesting because it's we're gonna be coming right off of a. Uh, right off of Saturn stationing direct in a, in a sun Venus Kazemi at 29 degrees Libra. So there's a lot going on right before we get into Scorpio season. Um, we have, obviously we've kind of 
touched on the fact that it's fixed water. We're also switching to a focus to Mars, which we know Mars is doing some things. I don't know about you, Elodie, but this past Mars slowing down and squaring Neptune. Oh my God. What is this? What I've noticed the most, I guess, in client consults um, in the last few days, I was very excited for the first half of October being so air. I was like, oh, yes, it seems to be very like rational, detached. And then you move into the late part of October, Scorpio season eclipse, it gets really emo, you know. But what I notice actually is that people are confused, scattered, and it's actually very complicated. So I do think there's something happening about on on many different fronts, and it's going to be affecting you depending on your chart. It's almost impossible to synthesize what's happening right now into a few keywords because yeah. there's so many different things going on. And I do think that's kind of like the Mars Gemini square Neptune. It's kind of scattering it's confusing uh not sure you know and mars wants to kind of like organize things and get stuff done and it seems like it's not straightforward already you know i know it is um it it it's all it's a lot it's like and i mean i deal with mars and gemini every day of my life because i was born with that placement but and it, it's already like juggling a lot like all these things i want to do all these yeah things, you know you get a little information and then you get curious and you're like oh i want to try that out i want to try that out and, I'm gonna, yeah. and your energy just gets diffused and so what i'm noticing in my own life and in, in client work and friends and family is that it, there's so many options on the table yeah there's so much information coming that is like oh well, I want to learn that, or I want to know that, or I want to find out more about that. But I also have absolutely no energy and I'm confused if I really want to even try that or like, I can't do all this. So which one do I choose now? Or, or, you know what? It's overwhelming. So I'm just going to lay on the couch and have anxiety about it. Yeah. Which is a very mutable kind of mode too. Um, and we're talking about Mars being an immutable sign. I do find that being overwhelmed by everything that needs to be done and then doing nothing about it is very mutable. Uh, story <laughs> of a, my it, life. <laughs> <laughs> um, personally, because I don't have that much mutable placement, and like I was saying, I do think the astrology is going to affect people very differently right now because there's so many soundtracks. Um, I've been kind of enjoying the mutable energy personally because I it just balances me out um there's more flexibility mm. and stuff but what I notice is people who have a lot of mutable signature are kind of freaking out more yeah. or they're more feeling that that Mars and Gemini and the, the square from Neptune and all that just being like oh my god <laughs> you know just like overwhelm overwhelm yeah it's a, it's, a, it's a lot to take in um and like you said, I mean, Mars, we just want to do something with it. Yeah. We, we, you know, you want to move on from it. You want to like conquer that and go to the next thing. But Mars is like, mm. you know what? You're going to, you're going to sit yeah, in this like, for a little bit. How do you yeah, take a little while? Yeah. So you really have to like, in, in true, like kind of Piscean Neptunian form, you really have to like, just kind of give way and like, let go into it and like accept it for what it is now and not try to like push against it or, you know, piece it apart or figure it out like or find it, one solution yeah all or something um I've been thinking a lot about the sort of duality of Gemini and the sign and almost like 
this is true. So if I go left, this is true. And if I go right, this is also true. And then there's kind of like just paralysis because of that. You're just like, uh, you know. Um, so it's a whole process. And I saw Aquarian for Artists. I think it's on Instagram. That's their handle. I'm not sure exactly. But they were saying basically there's just too many things going on right now. It's not really a good time to, um, you know, try to understand everything that's happening. It's kind of just like we kind of have to just go with it. <clears throat> and yeah. I really, I really like that because like you said, there's a lot of potentiality. Jupiter and Aries is really in terms of con bigger context. We've been, we experienced lockdown and everything into status because of Saturn Aquarius, you know? Um, and I don't know how it was on the West coast of America, but here it was really, you know, everything just kind of like come to a halt. I mean, the world closed down and then you open it up. And suddenly we just have this kind of potentiality coming back and blood flow. And we kind of want to just take it in and experience life and be less online and have, you know, workshops and have trips. And, and I see it's kind of like the influx of the floodgate open. So I, in terms of bigger context, I feel like this moment in time is also a bounce back from the ingress of Saturn Aquarius and the status. Yeah, I, I can totally see that, which adds even more to the to the overwhelm. Now I had no <laughs> options before. Yeah, no, I have all these options. Uh huh. It's like, yeah, it's like I swear every time, like every time I open my inbox, someone is either selling me a course, is trying to get me to watch uh, a, a live lecture, or I mean, I'm already kind of in this world anyways, but because obviously what we do, etc. But it's like so many educational opportunities yeah. are like, it, it's Boom. insane how many yeah. are being thrown at it. Like right now I'm like, just stop. I yeah. can't. <laughs> <laughs> I've got yeah. a pile of books. I haven't even like looked at yet. Like I can't. And it, it, it's so funny because it is, it's the nature of what's going on right now. Every mm -hmm. people are feeling drawn to like, Oh, let me put my course out there. Let me do this. But it's information overload. There is just it's yeah, it's a lot. And I do think, again, in the bigger context, it's, we're kind of being initiated into Pluto and Aquarius, the yeah. air period, um, you know, uh, being all interconnected with the internet and the realization that there's a lot of uh, lucrative opportunities. And then there's a lot of traps also, you know, mm. and the way we manage our time and experiences online. But a lot of it, I do think, like when I think of Mars and Gemini, it's to a certain extent, a continuity of the eclipses that were happening in Gemini, where we just kind of all ended up online. And now we're all online trying to make money or making a living online, but also trying to manage our time and experience and make it the most sort of streamlined possible. And you, you want to go on Instagram or Facebook or wherever social media to post your thing. And then you get lost. And then you're like, oh, my God, <laughs> I just been scrolling for an hour. Why? <laughs> you Why? Know? I, I love I mean, I feel like this is I always talk about this with Gemini, um, just energy in general, like and, and getting in touch with like more of the spiritual component of like Gemini and what it offers with the information and what you're perceiving and taking in is the big why of everything. Why am I looking at this? Why am I saying this? Why am <laughs> I, I interested that. in this? You know, like, it's like, there's a lot of like, 
this is a great time to ask yourself a lot of whys and, and not try to push it. Just try to uh, take it in more to under, understand, um, you know, why, <laughs> why? Uh, yeah. So it's, it's going to be an interesting season for that alone. Cause I mean, really uh, Mars is not, obviously we know during Scorpio season, Mars is going to station uh, retrograde um, and it's going to make a second pass to Neptune on, I believe November 19th around that time. Yeah. So like we literally are in it for this whole period. So just get used to it, ease into it. Don't push it. Yeah, because it's uh it's a learning it's gonna be a learning experience. Um <clears throat> what else do we have going on? Uh well, well we mm-hmm. oh go ahead. Sorry. Oh no, go ahead. I was just gonna say, um, basically we can kind of look at the whole period that Mars is in Gemini um squaring Neptune, like until Sagittarius season, basically. I would say mm-hmm. like it it kind of colors the eclipse, you know, eclipse in oh, yes. Scorpio. Um, because Mars rules rules the first eclipse of the season while in a square with uh with neptune but i was gonna say that's what i was gonna say i do like that mercury enters scorpio a few days later and it will be in mutual reception with mars that's right and i really like that i feel like there's something about that that's kind of working that's going to work in our favor but when i think about scorpio and gemini i also think about secrets and information so and there's like this whole aspect that is a little bit tricky like I know when I see people who have a lot of Gemini and Scorpio I'm like what are you hiding yeah what are you hiding people 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 say that about me all the time like I like I'd have friends and they'd be like you're up to something or you're you're like you're being sneaky. You're being sneaky, Mel. And I'm like, I don't even know what you're talking about. I'm like, I don't even know if I'm being sneaky, but they're like, <laughs> perceive it just because I'm like the Scorpio Gemini. They're like, you're, you're up to something. Um, I'm like, am I? I don't know. I mean, I may be, I don't know. I just mean, <laughs> <laughs> it's a secret from myself. Oh, exactly. Um, <laughs> but if we think about Mercury being information and going into the sign of Scorpio, which is, you know, um, taboos or secrets. And it just, um, yeah, there's, there's like a whole kind of hidden aspect to the end of October, the hidden information, confused information or confused Intel, a secret conversation, things like that. And I'm not necessarily saying like natal placement like you seem very candid and very like sunny disposition so I'm saying more just in a term like mundane sense like if you put Mercury and Scorpio and Mars and Gemini together like what are they up to they're they're certainly not like um frolicking in a field of flowers (laughs) or they're strategizing like a night ninja (laughs) that is gonna have like <laughs> that's that the thing. Yeah. yeah there's something about strategizing and stuff but the square from neptune to mars is is like you know there's there's a lot of layers to the astrology right now it's almost like there's a lot of opportunity for strategy and kind of like um uh yeah, the whole intellectual interface and figuring information out and structuring all that. But the square from Neptune is throwing a curveball. Yeah, definitely a big curveball. And you know what's interesting with it is like, as you pointed out, you know, we're going to have this solar eclipse, 
we're going to get into Scorpio and we're going to have a solar eclipse right away. Um, yeah. a South node solar eclipse that's going to be ruled by Mars. But it got me thinking, um, and it's interesting when we're at this time of year in, in, in Libra season and Scorpio season, and then same when we are in, uh, Aries and then Taurus season is that we get these back to back lunations that are ruled by the same planet. Like we're coming yeah. off of a, an Aries full moon that had its own, you know, Mars ruled flavor to it. Uh, that was getting close to that square with Neptune there. And then we're going to have the, uh, the Scorpio eclipse that's with it too. So we have these kind of, we're in this period in itself that is very Martian lunar ruled. Um, yeah. so we've already got a taste of Mars in a different way. Uh, with the Aries full moon, um, that was on the 11th, was it around then? It was like 10th or 11th, something Oh, uh, like the 9th. That. It was on the 9th. Oh, well, it was on the 9th here. Yeah. Yeah. It's on the 9th. A piece of paper was covering the 9th and I'm like, where's the image of the full moon? <laughs> there it is. Um, on the 9th there. So, uh, not to say, I mean, obviously these are different houses where it's taking place, but there's still Mars themes going on. So, um, yeah, just FYI with that. Uh, but then we're going to have, uh, obviously the total lunar eclipse in, uh, Taurus. That's going to be a conjunct Uranus, which is definitely big news. So we're going to talk about that. And then in between it, we got to think about how there's going to be fixed quarters. Um, so it's just like this whole fixed cross is just like getting like, like I keep like thinking about the fixed cross and all, especially when we're talking about the Saturn Uranus square, which is the tightest it's going to be for 2022 right now. It's like when these things get activated, it's almost like just a big, like, like click in the wheel, like a rusty wheel. That's like, <clears throat> like, you know, and it's, it's a jolt. It's not like a smooth to me. It doesn't seem like a smooth, like, Oh, we're progressing here. It's like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, yeah. Or not progressing. I find like the, just how personally, I experienced it just because I have all fixed planets on the mm. square and Saturn Uranus. It has been more just like, um, yeah, the the desire to change and innovate and and bring new things, new forms, and the inability to really do that quickly. Oh. But having having to yes. just kind of like step by step and and go back and revise and organize and maybe reformat and la la la. But this kind of also restlessness for new forms and new experiences. Um, and Jupiter and Aries is actually on the like uh, solstitial point. It's going to be at mm -hmm. zero, um, you know, zero yeah. Aries, which is I think pretty powerful. Um, <clears throat> There's like, uh, yeah, and there was on the, when the sun entered Libra, we had the Kazemi, you know, and now we're going to have another Kazemi on the lunar eclipse. Mm -hmm. There's all of these, like, it's almost like when you're an astrologer in this time period right now, I feel like it's almost like looking at a computer program <laughs> and something is being reformatted at a big level because we know we're transitioning into this air period. We're finishing Pluto and Capricorn era. Venus is going into the beam and she's starting a new cycle. Mm -hmm. There's all of this kind of reformatting, but it's also very invisible. And then Mars and Gemini is just like, but let's get on with it. Let's just like, come on, you know? <laughs> exactly. Because yeah. I mean, Mars and Gemini is, I'm just going to say it, it's impatient. Yeah. It is, it is. <laughs> It's true. It's like it can't, life cannot move quick enough. And because it can't move quick enough, things don't get done 
or you get overwhelmed or you get frazzled and have anxiety because it's not at this pace. And it's like, I feel like it's that on kind of steroids right now um, Mm -hmm. to some extent. And I I totally feel you on that (laughs) fixed thing. I mean, I keep talking about like, oh, I'm trying to find a place to live and, and move to a new, and it's like everything in its power is like kind of against me within it. It's like, now we have the highest interest rates ever on buying a house and in the, you know, the, we're in this crazy inflation. It's like this dream that I've had for so long. It's just like, it keeps getting farther and farther away. Uh, And I know it's not like I, but it it just requires patience and timing that isn't mine. Yeah. I think that's to stay alert. You still have to stay with your goal. Exactly. You have to stay with it. But you know that it's not really budging, but you have to keep like kind of energizing that timeline. That's what I've been saying a lot. I need to energize this timeline because I can't move into this timeline. So I'm just going to energize it, you know? Yeah. Um, you don't want to give it. up on it necessarily. <laughs> you just got to realize that it's not, you know, there's so many, like you said before, there's so many different components swirling around that it's like there there's just a lot of things that are kind of out of our control um just in general in the way that life is resituating itself in the fixed spheres in like what what you were just talking about with all these kind of wrapping up of bigger cycles and entering in new cycles there's just not as much malleability in what we want to mold ourselves. And so, I mean, we still have power within that, but there are these bigger forces at play that it, you know, that are are stopping things up. Um, Yeah. I think like the transition into the air period, you know, the 200 year period that, that is upon us is also that we're used to doing things a certain way. And now we're learning to do things in a completely different way. So what used to work for us pre-2019, pre-lockdown, I would say, because I kind of like, that's where it really transitioned. Um, <laughs> the way we used to do things is just not the same anymore. You know, we really got sucked into the online experience and everybody's con- connecting on many different platforms. We have connection with people across the globe. Um, the whole face of the whole like uh, landscape of work and income and all of this and financial realm it's all in a state of flux and so the same roots and pathways that are familiar to us it's just not going to work yeah. <clears throat> it's not going to work and it's going to take a little bit of reorganization staying with the goals staying with your goals but being really innovative and looking at things in a different way instead of trying to use the same old recipes that work in the earth period yeah I think of it like uh, in terms of timeline, it's like we got BLD and ALD. It's like before lockdown, after yeah, lockdown. It's, exactly, like, it's yeah. like the change of the, the the era. And it's just, yeah, it's 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 a life that I knew existed, but now seems so far away. Yeah. Um, <laughs> We've just completely transformed. And in that sense, what I just wanted to mention that I think on a metaphysical level, what's happening to us intellectually um we're connecting with people we're experiencing our connectivity between humans in a very different way and i think that's actually really nice like telepathy instance of telepathy or you know um just like oh i dream about you oh i was thinking about you and all of these kind of faster connection happening like synapses which you know, Mars and Gemini square Neptune is not just all like scattering and self-deception and all of this. I do think there's something happening on our intellectual level where we can 
transgress um, the way we always think about things and energy. And I see a lot of the younger generation speaking of that, like jumping timeline or kind of like tweaking destiny or tweaking fate. And it's just the way you perceive your reality will shift depending on your own sort of microbiome, for example, or, you know, what you ate and all of this kind of awareness around consciousness is really Mm. changing. Which is interesting when we think about like, you know, obviously that Mars, Neptune, it's like Mercury, Jupiter, like that's where the tension between these two planets of like the perception and the, the yeah. bigger picture or the, the belief or the, you know, or the, the biodome, you know, within it's like the, the whole thing, the whole and enchilada. The, yeah. And the advent of AI, which is going to be very real in the next decade too, I think. Mm. So using artificial intelligence to make everything go faster and do more things, you know, so that's also good and bad. It's very like, yeah. 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 Well, if we haven't overwhelmed you enough, um, <laughs> let us, <laughs> let us, do more. let us bring you into our, uh, let's go by transit by transit. So if you're going to be watching, uh, the video here, we're going to share our screen and step through the chart. Um, and of course we're going to spend a little bit of time on the whole eclipse zone. So I figured rather than talking about that in our kind of like pre time here, we'll just bring it in because it happens so quickly. Um, so basically the, uh, the sun ingresses into Scorpio on October 23rd, uh, in the middle of the night here on Pacific time. Um, but you know, right before the sun does obviously, uh, Venus who just came off her, uh, Kazemi conjunction there moves in right before the sun. So we have this, we have the sun Venus side by side, uh, just, it's going to be that way for a little bit. You know, there's, um, it's just an interesting, well, okay. Let me pick your brain about a Venus in Scorpio, but also her cycle within, uh, you know, becoming, uh, that evening star. And what, what, what do you think about that kind of transition? Well, okay. So in terms of context on October 19, the sun and Venus will square Pluto in Capricorn just before Venus, Venus Casimir with the sun. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have, uh, well, we have on the 19th of October, sun square Pluto, and then the next day Venus square Pluto. That in itself, I do think is kind of like, <clears throat> because when we talk about Venus, we talk about uh, values, what we're attracted to, how we do relationship um, on a mundane level, like financial realm, let's say, or, you know, it's almost like we're saying goodbye, you know, because we know Pluto is on the verge of entering Aquarius. It really signifies a new era. Whatever was in place since 2008 is about to kind of, we're about to enter a new chapter in that sense. Venus Kazemi kind of ushers us and then she gets renewed in the solar rays on the 22nd and then she enters Scorpio, but just also in the bigger, um, Venus cycle, it's going to be the first time that she does a conjunction in Libra um, in the petals. So there's this whole new way, uh, I think on a personal level, like if you want to think about it for yourself, there's a whole new way of doing relationship. Think about relationship, take, think about self-worth, what you value, what you're attracted to, that is really just 
on the verge of being completely purged. I think the process is already there, but symbolically, we see that with the square from Pluto to Kissimmee moving into the eclipse. That's kind of my, yeah, that's kind of no, the rhythm. She's got a, she's got a hell of a lead up before she, you know, that, that <laughs> eclipse there. Um, and yeah. knowing that she's going to be the ruler of the lunar eclipse that's coming too. So yeah, I think it's, I think it's wise to point that out, um, that she's, you know, when she gets into the heart of the sun, there is, she's getting burnt off (laughs) in, in some way, shape or form. And you're absolutely right. It's at this new, uh, like Venus star point at the end of Libra here. And then it takes the, you know, with Venus's eight year cycle, it takes some time for her to start to move into a new sign. So Mm -hmm. it's been some time since she's been in Libra there. Um, so, and I mean, this will be like a decade long experience because she's go back to Scorpio. And so there, there is this kind of, once again, this in-between point, just how we are experiencing, uh, you know, Jupiter and Saturn conjunction and Aquarius, uh, and how that happened in 1980. And there's these long periods of like getting situated, uh, with more air to come versus, um, yeah, more air to come, yeah, more air to come. Um, but but it's interesting. I would, I, I want to share this only just cause I had like an insight with it, uh, last night. Um, when I actually went to a lecture on the Venus star point at our local, uh, SDAS meeting, and it kind of dawned on me thinking about the 20th century, at least from the twenties and how Venus has been three of her points that she's been making, um, in the conjunction with the sun, it has been in her debilitated form, you know, mm. either Aries, Scorpio, Aries or Virgo. And, but it really got me thinking, cause I'm like, you know, obviously Venus meeting the sun in her own sign. And this is going to be a thing, you know, throughout the 22nd, 21st, 22nd, I'm really ahead of myself, the 21st century. Um, you know, it got me thinking because I, you know, there's power in the debilitated uh, placements in in my opinion, but they just don't do what the planet would normally think they would do. And I was just thinking about all the progress that women have made in their fight for like independence and kind of stepping up for themselves and being, you know, like raising their voices, being heard, having to, you know, I mean, women have come a long way in our independent journey Um in the 20th century. And I was thinking, Oh, I wonder if those Venus star points kind of like helped push that. And now she's coming back into her more, you know, um, that receptive kind of Libra, her home. And so how do we balance that out? How do we bring the balance to, uh, many factions of social, you know, political, intimate relating, um, and so just kind of, I just had that kind of like download where I'm like, oh, I mean, I, like I think that, it helped yeah. that to have her in a challenging position to um, advance us through, I don't want to say good, hardship, that's a very but good challenge. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, <laughs> yeah, because because we, we, we use debilitated and fall and detriment in astrology. And we always think it's negative, but it's not. It's just a quality. And that's really hard to kind of all reinstate all the time. So that's a very good point. I like that. Yeah, I just wanted to have her get her little get her little say there. She's she's I love she does good. Yeah, she does good things, you know. Um there. So well, we're gonna get a lot of Venus and Scorpio. So what are what are your thoughts on Venus and Scorpios just in in general? Um well 
In general, I mean, (laughs) (laughs) can you even speak of her in her depths? (laughs) I think, well, yeah, it's a relational, it's a very, um, it's a relational, but we're talking about like intimately relational, you know? So all the Venus and Scorpio, like people that I know, um, intimacy is something really, really important. Um, so I do think that, you know, when Venus move into Scorpio, we're moving into like more of the impact of intimacy as opposed to being like kind of more, um, I do this for you. You do this for me or active listening, you know, Venus and Libra is kind of like, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. It's kind of just, once we move into the Venus and Scorpio, it's more like things are taken more personally. Mm. I feel like there's a proximity that you just don't. Yeah, there's a more proximity because she's in the ray of the sun this year. I don't know. It's been a little bit of an enigma for me because I'm like, okay, Venus is kind of disappearing. And so, and she's being eclipsed with the sun and she's in the sunbeam. So, do you think that the Venusian themes are going to be exaggerated? Perhaps. Yeah. Or, or just. I feel like they're going through great changes um, yeah. and just uh, like a, a transformation of them of their own. Cause like, I mean, when I think about it with my own chart, like the Venus for me rules the the seventh and the 12th. And I, my, like personally, my partner is going through a lot of like interchanges with himself, you know, trying to figure things out. And uh, so you can look at what Venus rules in your actual chart and kind of look at those areas. And maybe you'll see where this metamorphosis is taking place. Um, but within it, like back to the kind of secrets that you were talking about or working through material of, um, just things kind of like coming, coming up to be processed or discussed too, you know, because she is backed by that Mars and Gemini. So that getting to that point of intimacy maybe isn't necessarily in the bedroom, but it's in a a conversational space where we have to get like real with sharing dialogues with each other or how we're thinking or, um, so that it has this airy element to it too, it seems this year. Yeah, true. I, there's something about the whole process that's happening in Scorpio that I really value. I think it's kind of just like purging the poison, purging, you know, mm. purging whatever is not, because we, when we talk about Scorpio, we talk about transformation and rebirth and all of that. And when we talk about the South node, we talk about purge and a, a process pur- purgation process and a spiritualization process so it's double doubling up on that you know and so it's almost like it's almost like um yeah there's like the the, the, just like a um and it's almost like um alchemical obviously there's Mm -hmm. just like transforming what is no longer transforming what is no longer viable you know and because it's venus and this intimate Scorpio place I think there's something about honesty and truth that is really scary um it's really scary it's very vulnerable so because of Mars and Gemini squaring Neptune what how I see it it could go in many ways for people in personally but it's almost like you could be completely denying things Mm. or you could be completely kind of Scorpio is a very unconscious sign I'm sorry but I find that Scorpio in general, is a very psychological sign that understands everything. But when it comes to itself, 
it's very sub sublimated and the instinct is on. So it's very instinctual sign. Mm. So when you enter these water, there's a lot of things that happen and you don't know why they happen. And it's only in retrospect, we're like, Oh, that's why I was doing this. Or that's what, you know, it comes from the lower part of yourself. It's like a very visceral, very, you know, so we move from, from first half of October, kind of having all of these intellect kind of, uh, reasoning and things and we can find reasons and all of that but we move into this like super watery realm of everything that is sublimated and everything that is kind of processed at the gut level and I'm not sure you'll have to be really honest with yourself there's something about honesty and truth versus like deception or something um, yeah no well and that's the thing is like Venus having a little bit of challenges here. Like maybe there are things that come out or we say things or we express things and they're not quite the truth, even though we think Mm -hmm. they are. Mm -hmm. And then we have to go through that and like go through the process realizing, Oh, maybe I'm not seeing that right. Or I'm not understanding this. And so it's almost like it doesn't come out like initially, like, Oh, we've worked through this and we're healing this. It's like, no, it gets a little messy. Um, And then we have to kind of clean it up through kind of like what you're saying was like, whatever comes up from the bottom, it's going to take some time to maybe process that to be like, Ooh, maybe I wasn't quite looking at that. Right. Or I'm now understanding myself or another person or a situation in a different light, but I had to kind of like not (laughs) in order to um, get that awareness um and we're talking about power like scorpio is a mm. mars rule sign so it's we're talking about power personal power versus where you're giving all your power away um or you know reappropriating your power but because the mars mars is in gemini and it's square neptune it's almost like a negotiation process <laughs> it's almost like it's kind of like you have to negotiate with yourself or with somebody else or with a situation and just be like, okay, what's empowering me? What's not? And it's, so there's this like visceral, but also kind of more intellectual process going on, which is interesting to see the two modalities like that. Yeah. And and when I think like, as you were speaking about it, it kind of dawned on me, you know, we're going to have Mars station retrograde, you know, on, on the Mm -hmm. 30th of October. Mm -hmm. And usually with most retrograde stations, we say this with Mercury all the time, but you know, like something leads up into it (laughs) to take us back, you know? And so as the, as Mars is the ruler of Venus and the sun and the South node there, there's a lot of lead up, um, in this, uh, first, you know, week or so of Scorpio season, which includes the clips, which we're going to talk about here in a second, um, that Mars is going to take into it with its, with its retrograde there. So once again, yeah. if it gets a little messy and things come out and we have to do processing, it's like, it's, we have that period to do that. Um, and we have to just kind of keep that concept in our mind when we're in the moment, because it's an interesting Gemini and Scorpio, like the idea of in the moment, like there's the intensity of the Scorpio, but there's also the, um, I guess I want to say like this, well, also the flippancy of Gemini where it's just like, you know, like, and and, and sometimes I say things and I'm like, you know, (laughs) 
And you know, you say something that comes out and it's backed by and it has Scorpio energy behind, it, and then all of a sudden oh. something t- totally changes, and you're like, oh, yeah. why did I say that? Oh, no, and you didn't even mean point. it that much, you know, or maybe, or maybe you did, maybe you didn't know you meant it that much, and then all of a sudden something changes and you can't take it back. Um <laughs> all the Scorpios out there like I know um but yeah so it's like yeah a mixture of be careful with that a mixture of like in uh like really private and candid energy Mm -hmm. together exactly yeah Yeah, I like that it's a very (laughs) real it's a very real contrast and it's nerve-wracking to see in a sense because you're like what is the Joker going to do? You know, like Mars and Gemini, I'm sorry, but I see it as a Joker. It's not taking anything seriously. And Scorpio takes itself very, very, very seriously. seriously. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Um, yes. So interesting. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's funny. Um, it, well, it'll be funny in the moment, I suppose. <laughs> uh, have a good sense of humor. Uh, maybe that's what we're going in here. So all right. Well, we start Scorpio season that way, basically with the sun and Venus riding next to each other. Um, and Saturn freshly direct too, which is a whole, you know, story in itself. I mean, that happened right before Scorpio season started, but now we have Saturn direct, we got Pluto direct. Um, you know, uh, there's Saturn directs a big thing. Uh, (laughs) that's big news in, in my mind. Um, so there is a lot of just, I don't want to, I mean, I have like a concept of it, but I don't have words for it right now. It ties in, it ties in the first half of the year where I think we may have been trying to do things that were not quite Mm. possible. And there's going to be some um, triggers uh, that might like accelerate things towards maybe more of the beginning of next year when Mars station direct, but like, I do think that because Saturn stations direct, we have Jupiter going back to Pisces where it was in May. Mm-hmm. And that happens just a little bit after the eclipse on the 28th of October. Mm-hmm. But Jupiter returning in Pisces, personally as an astrologer, when I saw Jupiter in Pisces at the beginning of the year, um, being conjunct Neptune on the eclipse in Taurus in May or end of April, I was like, oh, wow, that's like so juicy. This I is... know. And it was it. really nothing. It was very <laughs> slippery and it was kind of like, it felt like a wet towel or something. Um, I don't know, but I've just talked to a lot of people who there was kind of like a lot of hope and then it kind of just didn't go anywhere. I do think that we're going to see maybe some form of unfoldment of what, was planted with that Jupiter in Pisces at the beginning of the year. There's really like kind of this linking up of the first half and now. Um, it's so it's so interesting that you say that because you know when we think about yeah because that back in that April 30th eclipse we we're all like oh look at that that Venus Jupiter Neptune uh, but it, it it makes a whole lot of sense we have like inflated hope that literally mm. like fizzles out right? Mm. It just, it, or it diffuses or it just vanishes in thin air. It's like, Mm. this was going to be all this, but Mm. was it? Where did it go? What happened? Yeah. Where, you know, um, the divine discontent, mm. you know? Yeah. Ah, I do know. 
Well, because think about it. Right. I know so well. Um, but I feel like so many people are in that place. So you saying those two words really, in my mind, lead us to where we're going here, right? Because yeah. this was our last solar eclipse on April 30th of 2022. And we're, you know, that set up this whole open door to this period that is leading us to this eclipse that uh, we're about to talk, talk about. And so the idea of divine discontent coming in, all the hope, right? And then all of a sudden it's deflated. And then we realize it was like, oh, but where, where am I? Where, what spiritual progress am I making? Like in, inside, like feeling like there's, there's more, or I need to change this or what, what, what's my direction? Like I have this call, but my life isn't aligned with that. Can I do this? Working through doubts. Like it's all these kind of like, like divine discontents leading us here. My life is not aligned to what I want is also a signature of Saturn square Uranus since last year. My, it's like this need to innovate Uranus, this need, this need to really pop yourself out of old stagnating circumstance, but not being able to do it that efficiently or not being able to do it at all. And feeling like you're just kind of living in a dinosaur format, like, Mm -hmm. um, like an old format that's just an old script like but you're not able to and I do think there was kind of like this hope a little bit um so imagine you're reading like a storybook and you're like you know you're all into your story and you're just like no 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 and then you know and then you don't know like the story just kind of you don't know where it happened like time <laughs> the pages just go blank uh, Time you're for, like, yeah, the, the page, page, there's nothing there. The page just goes like, for blank. Oh. Yes, exactly. So there is something about when I see Jupiter returning to Pisces now, just as we're, you know, we have all of this eclipse impulse um, and we're finishing the year and Jupiter and Pisces is going to roll Sagittarius season. Jupiter's even Jupiter's entry into Pisces on the 28th is when the moon is in Sagittarius. There's kind of like the idea of like picking up a story that was being told like around the first half of the year that kind of just, yeah, like you said, fizzled out or something. Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> the story's <yeah>. back. <laughs> I feel the story, like the, uh... It might not necessarily be like the same story or the same thing, but it's almost like, you know, yeah, I don't know necessarily that it's like this clear cut, but there's, there's something about the first half of the year and the end of the year that just links together. Well, I was kind of looking at it like earlier in the year when I was thinking about Jupiter moving back in, because it only moves back in for a couple degrees in Pisces, right? You know, it's not doing like a crazy long tour. It's like, it's like, we got a couple months to figure this out. Um, And to me, it felt like, going in and treading the new, the potential of the new territory of what Aries, Jupiter and Aries brought, right? It's like Mm. this whole new start and what you could do and the initiating these beginnings and all, you know, like this bigger picture of what could be in this longer cycle. Um, But also either A, having to deal with like the emotional baggage that comes with that. Yeah. Or B, like what hasn't been just cleared up in your life and is still messy and has to be like wrapped up and to even go to this 
this yeah. next, you know, uh, journey horizon, you know, to take the rocket ship to Jupiter and Aries. Like well, there's then. just, there's, I feel like I've, I felt like out, out the gate that there's just emotional baggage that needs to be cleaned up. Um, yeah. but maybe that's just my life. I don't know. Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I feel like a lot of us are feeling that right now. And so it's a very internalized and spiritualized process because we have all this water energy coming in. Um, at least at this point yeah, in the chart. So let's, let's, let's get into this, uh, eclipse here, um, okay. to there's, I'm sure there's a lot to kind of go through, uh, although we've been touching on a lot of components, but it's going to be on October 25th, uh, 3:48 AM here Pacific. So it's rather early in the morning. If you're in North America, it's, uh, 648 on the East coast. Yes. So, you know, you're going to wake up, you're going you're gonna to wake up eclipsed probably on Tuesday morning. You're gonna be like, <laughs> well, oh, we're I'm... having poop dreams because everybody knows now that South Node Eclipse brings poop dreams. <laughs> <laughs> does it now? I, I well, know. Maybe like, well, maybe poop, like, you know, poop dreams maybe, or like classic dreams of uh, having to, to pee, like maybe these are my classic dreams. <laughs> well, you know, I have to go like pee or something and then I get to the bathroom room and and maybe it's overflowing or there's yeah. like all this toilet paper in the and I'm and I'm and there's pee all over the seat and I'm like and my Saturn and Virgo's like oh, I can't sit on that um you know and so there yeah <laughs> but the reason I'm saying this is just because the south node this is an eclipse happening on the south node and the south node sometimes is compared to an overflowing toilet so um, yes <laughs> and when I studied with Austin like in 2015 he was he mentioned poop dream and then we we were talking about it between us and we just started realizing that actually that is a thing it seems that people dream about poop during south node eclipse or even just eclipses and also um food poisoning hmm. is another site yeah so the south node and food poisoning sometimes like um, literal food poisoning or dream yeah. food poisoning literal food yeah poisoning. literal food poisoning because the south node is just this kind of like uh you know um expel you're expelling yeah. it's like a it's a point of saturation <laughs> things need to be spiritualized um yeah out of your body <laughs> out, of, out of your body i like to call it i, I always ter- i always deem the south node the celestial drano yeah um, that you know like the the, the cl- it's clogged <laughs> And you need to uh, power down those chemicals or whatever it's going to put down your drain so that you can like flush it all out because it'll just start to build up and build up and start to like suffocate you or or drown you in some way, you know, if we're thinking about the water until the, the, like the clog is cleared and it's like um, out. So, and I also like, well, it's interesting too, because in this book, uh, I'm going to botch it if I don't grab it. The uh, Dietrich Pisan, I think, maybe the lunar lunar shadows, the predictive, the predictive power of eclipses and the moon phase, the predictive nice. power of moon phases and eclipses. I find it interesting what she was saying about the um, South Node cycles, uh, just in general about being kind of. Of course, I sh- I should have bookmarked the the page there she said uh at a south node solar eclipse the influence is still focused on beginnings but from a seventh house perspective it initiates issues with relationships and engages a mate partner roommate or any other significant person in your affairs 
The essence of this eclipse brings great importance to the new things you do with others or things that are old and familiar. Its impact is likely to leave you with an entirely new perspective based on powerful interactions with others. So I thought that was kind of interesting. So where's the seven house coming from? Like the seven house interpretation of the... I think she's thinking of it just because maybe the North Node is kind of like the, the... the self or like the drawing of where the self is going and the south node being eclipsed is kind of like gotcha. the, almost like an opposition type a, interesting a i never yeah, heard I that, that kind of me, yeah me either and i thought it was interesting because i started to think about it a little bit more and i just kind of wanted to put it out there in the uh in the realm so people could track it and see if they yeah. do notice something like That's that cool. um do you know bepin behari he's like a vedic mm-hmm. astrologer he wrote myth and symbol of Vedic astrology, and he goes into the delineation of Rahu and Ketu. And from a Vedic, I'm very interested in the nodes and the eclipses from a Vedic perspective because they just have a richer tradition because mm-hmm. they use they use yeah. Rahu and Ketu, North Node and South Node as shadow planets. So there's just a lot more literature on the topic. And the the nice thing about Ketu being a spiritualization place, a point of spiritualization is that there's actually great knowledge to be acquired there um, because fundamentally the material reality is a sort of world of illusion from like, you know, from a spiritual perspective or more like, you know, uh, East Asian perspective. It's like in the North Node represent more of that kind of grasping, that illusory grasping the samsara or, you know, coming into the material world. But to be in the material world is sort of to tell yourself a story because Mm. fundamentally it's just all, you know. Um, So the South Node is actually revered and respected as like this great teacher that brings you important soul lessons. So you're not going to gain traction in the material world so much Mm. but you're gonna really um it's it's a place of spiritual evolution let's say so this sort of you know an eclipse on the south node would be a purging but a necessary purging to refine your being into you know greater understanding of itself um so it's not like if you see people being like oh great eclipse to manifest it's actually the opposite it's like great eclipse to understand the fundamental sort of truth and principle that guides your life you know outside of gaining traction in the world like if you're focused focused on like getting rich and getting beautiful that's not a good eclipse for it but if you're looking to relinquish let go um be more flexible more open or just have like a deeper spiritual practice or something you know it's kind of like that more of that energy it's like, but it's very much like you can't get what you want. You know, it's like, this is all just, this is just all like not actually nourishing or sustaining like the material world, like true sustainment or nourishment is not found in having a full bank account. Although, you know, I don't know, we could debate it that a little bit. A little, but, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so so South Node, people are afraid of South Node eclipse. I mean, eclipses are in Vedic tradition are perceived as more malefic also, you know, uh, because they're just like such a energetic vortex. Yeah, there are. But I yeah. mean, I love what you're saying there because it makes a lot of sense. So 
if we kind of pull back to just the quick picture we were painting with the previous eclipse in April and it kind mm-hmm. of introducing that divine discontent that we were not quite aware existed in our material yeah. world. And then it's bringing us to this eclipse that is more of a spiritualization moment um, where we have this period where we have to get more less in touch with the material, not less in touch. We have to work with the material world, but is not yeah. in service to the greater spiritual mission that we're on, um, which speaks to the, the uh, Jupiter moving back into Pisces energy yeah. too. So there is this, I love how you bring up, there's this spiritualization process that we have to go through. Like we have to connect with what that mission is, connect with what uh, fulfills us um, on like in our spiritual life and how that relates to the material world. Because like kind of in the back-to-back Mars energy that I was just talking about earlier in the program with, you know, this, the Aries full moon, and then we have this, uh, you know, Mars ruled eclipse that's happening. We're going to have back-to-back Mars eclipses from here on out, because the next eclipse is going to be at 29 degrees of Aries in Mm. the spring. And I mean, we talk about Jupiter going to be in Aries and this whole new story that's birthing. So once again, getting in touch with what this, you know, the, the spiritual motivation and what still needs to be wrapped up on an inner personal, um, you know, level, like, it's prepping us in my mind for what that's going to be. Cause of course, Mars will finally leave Gemini. It'll move through that space. Jupiter will go through that space. So there's all this momentum to me that's coming in the, the spring and the, you know, like April and May and et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, but this, this eclipse is key in what we need to still process and go through and clear out and connect with before we get there. And doing it and doing it with faith, I think like Jupiter mm. re- represents faith, you know, and because we're talking about such like, it's such like an immaterial moment. It's almost like, um, yeah, it's, it's more about not getting what you want that gets you what you want or something like that. It's more about, you know, there's something about South Node eclipses and, and just, yeah, trusting, trusting the flow, trusting the the process, trusting the experience and relinquishing your personal agenda and just kind of, um, experiencing sort of the, the willingness to be transformed to what is happening to you and not saying like, just sit back and just don't, don't do anything. That's not really what I'm saying, but usually like a southern eclipse like that, that's how I would see it. There's a sort of, um, yeah, just, <laughs> Yeah. If you want, so, like, it's like trying to, um, let's say, you know, trying to get ice cream. Uh, you're like lost in the desert and you want ice cream kind of thing. Like, you're not going to get ice cream. It's kind of like a circumstance thing. It's like, understand your circumstance and be patient with them because you might be, um, you know, Neptune and Jupiter, they might be gl- glimmering something, but it's like, it's out of your co- current context. So don't get discouraged by your current context and don't get lost in that m- mirage that is mirage, being yeah. kind of sh- shimmering. Uh, just understand the, the, the process and the wisdom inherent in that experience, something like that. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, It can be frustrating when you're not where you ideally want to be. 
Yeah. Um, You're just like, why am I still here? Why am this is still happening? And then Mars and Gemini just kind of like itchy to get going. And then, you know, um, there's the whole Uranian component of the the two eclipses happening, you know, in late October, first November. And so there's really this desire for new forms and being really impatient for the old stale formats. Yeah. And I mean, even with a, like bringing just the tarot into it and thinking about this eclipse happening in the decan of the, <laughs> the five of cups, I'm like, well, you know, there's like, there's loss there. There's a disappointment. Um, yeah. there's, uh, it, there's something that leaves or, you know, in order, but there's still stuff to work with there as well. So, from, from a tarot perspective, it's not, it is a very challenging eclipse, especially with Mars and the Ten of Swords, which is also like a finality um, and coming to the terms mm. of the ending of something. So, so it's, it's pretty right to say that a lot of people will go through some sort of ending that transfers them into what is to be with the Aries eclipses that are coming and Jupiter going yeah. back into Aries. And so, um, it's but almost like make peace with the, that. In your that life. Process. Yeah. And just to specify also that eclipses, like events that transpires from eclipses do, do not necessarily transpire on the day of the eclipse. I think the range is like yeah. the next following six mm-hmm. months. So you're right about the spring. That's about the timeline, you know, for myself and my life and how I've been kind of conceptualizing the rhythm um, I'm kind of just like sitting and going through this process and I give myself until next spring to really understand where the pieces are going to fall. Um, just because these eclipses are impacting my personal chart, you know, uh, it's yeah. like, um, so there's something about just needing to be patient and kind of observe the, the process yeah. that needs to happen and letting go, like you said, you know. I'm on that same timeline. And honestly, the timeline is what saves me because knowing the timeline, knowing that I'm like, okay, well, let let me give it to here. That helps calm the Mars and Gemini a little bit. Right. Because I don't feel like there's this, this infinite of like, there's, I don't know when you're missing out, you're missing out, you know, like, at least I'm like, no, let's, this is the time frame. Let's be patient within it. Um, and, and have hope for what this might bring on the horizon when we, we get there. So if anybody else needs that hope there, there it is. Set your, yeah. Cause you (laughs) can also see, like, I do think that social media and we're all connected to social media at a certain extent mirrors this reality where you feel like everything can happen right now and everybody's doing these things and if you don't do it now then when so it kind of it removes from the equation the natural process and or time scale at which you do things and i do find the younger generation like i was saying talking about manifestation and timeline jumping or you know different things like that where people are looking for um to have these lives and these experience that social media mirrors which is not real at all you know so you always have the impression that everybody's successful beautiful on vacation uh healthy exercising and all of that and when you try to apply that to your reality like how how like you can't do that so there's something about just i wanted to mention because the neptunian component neptune you know ruling just like uh yeah, like I would say social media to a certain extent, especially with the Mars and Gemini component. It's like the image that you're absorbing, they become really kind of real truth in your head. But they're, and then like if you're basing your your whole conception of reality on like, you know, 
how many likes you have and stuff like that. Like, because it's, it's a reality we have to contend with now too. Yeah. I think you're, you're right on by saying that. And especially, you know, yeah, the, I feel like Mars square Neptune is very, you know, all that glitters is not gold type of thing. Like just because yeah. it looks like, yeah. And, and I mean, what's nice about this, what's nice about this eclipse, I don't, I guess, um, <laughs> is that, uh, you know, Mercury is trining Mars there. Um, mm-hmm. But Mercury is also about to square Pluto because that that's going to happen. That's the next aspects to happen on October uh, 26th and 27th. Uh, so Mercury is going to be uh, energized um, in many ways and, and mirroring those Sun-Venus moves that happened um, before they moved into Scorpio that you mentioned uh, earlier. So there is, I think that ramps up once again, kind of like, I mean, Mercury in Libra and like, you know, being, oh, being mentally aware of like what other people are doing or saying or being and like how that is challenged to have to change within like the system or your own space or what, you know, like, I feel like there's, there are mental challenges within this particular eclipse energy, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. too, in the week in, in general, just because, mm-hmm. yeah, so Mercury is in an interesting spot supporting the Mars process, but also challenging the whole thing with the the square to Pluto too. Yeah, it's very it's busy, and again, like busy. I said, it's busy. Like I said at the beginning, I think like it's not necessarily that we're be plugged into all in each aspect. It really depends what your rising sign is, where your natal planet is on a you know personal level. I do think that like because when you start looking at all of the delineation, I don't think that necessarily they play out all equally for everybody. Everyone. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And just even thinking about like, I mean, everybody's going to feel the eclipse, but when all these other planets have their agendas, like me, I'm going to be paying attention to that Mercury because I'm in a Mercury time, time Lord year. I am actually going to be driving a 10 hour drive on the day that Mercury is trining Mars and scoring Pluto. Um, so hopefully that will help me out. Luckily the moon will be Sagittarius there. Uh, but, um, but I think it is a big, it, it is a, a busy start to the eclipse, eclipse uh, cycle, yeah. um, on, on Wednesday and, and Thursday and Friday mm. there basically, uh, which, you know, I feel like around eclipses too, like, I mean, Mercury is the messenger. It brings some news. So, you know, an eclipse happens and maybe some new information comes in or, or you yeah. process something in a different way. And there's just something that is like maybe testing or changing the mind or giving some, um, serious information to kind of just think about or process with that, that square to Pluto. Mm. um just yeah. thoughts um but i do like that sag moon after it because it's like ooh, just give me let me out of that space a little, <laughs> a little bit um or at least yeah catharsis is not always easy no it's not. <laughs> is it ever easy <laughs> maybe for some people um but all right. So, you know, right after that eclipse, we got, like I said, Mercury is going to try and Mars It's going to square Pluto. Um, and then on the 29th, 
I'll just follow Mercury's moves for a second here. Uh, it's going to move into Scorpio. So Mercury's going to join the Scorpio party around the 29th here, um, just in time for Mars to station uh, retrograde, which is interesting because you were talking about uh, Mercury moving into Scorpio. Being in mutual reception. Uh-huh, being in mutual reception. Which I like. So it's almost like, okay, you know, like Mars stations retrograde in the sign of Mercury and then Mercury enters Mars's sign. So these two, again, like this dialogue between the Scorpio and the Gemini places are, are on. Mutual reception, usually it's like they're helping each other, you know, they're helping each other out. So I'm always looking for the silver lining um, you know, in, in these type of aspects, because you never really know how the aspects are going to manifest. Tenth, tenth aspect, like you were saying, planets and detriment or fall often bring positive changes in the long run, you know, or the important changes. Um, the trines and the sextile, you know, we tend to kind of lean back on it. It makes us lazy a little bit. So Mars stationing retrograde, just as Mercury enters Scorpio, I think is good. It's interesting because they're they're in like mutual reception, but they're also like, I, I feel like they don't directly help each other out, like because they're not in aspect in one another. It's like they might help mm. each other out, but in ways that are are unforeseen. <laughs> when Mercury does something, and then it then it, it it goes to the Mars thing, and he didn't, you know, they they're not like in sync with one another, but just in general, they're doing things that are going to create some sort of symbiosis through. B- both of what their agendas are. Mm, um, I like but nice that word, aversion. symbiosis. Um, so yeah, it's interesting. So, you know, Mercury's going to join that party. We're going to have a whole lot of Scorpio going on backed by mm-hmm. the, that Gemini Mars and, and Mars is going to retrograde under that Mercury um, uh, Scorpio energy because Mercury does move in before Mars does its does its backwards uh about face and to me that makes it even more like talking about the introduction of something that's going to take you into the mars retrograde right because mercury Mm. ruling mars is going to go through the trine to mars the square to pluto it's going to move into scorpio and Mm. basically conjunct the solar eclipse point and then mars goes retrograde and it's like okay well we did we did that now (laughs) yeah um, and all it's the gonna while, take, it's going to require patience. It is. It's going to require yeah. patience. Uh, we also have Jupiter on the, that's, uh, around the same time on the 27th, 28th, that is going to be moving back into, uh, Pisces. And we already kind of covered that, that yeah. a little bit, but just think about that. You know, when we're talking about coming off this eclipse and then the 27th through Halloween, basically uh, the 31st here, there's a lot of planetary energy at, mm-hmm. at play. Um, so just be, be conscious of it, be aware of it, work with it, have the patience within it. Um, there's definitely but, trickster energy abound. Totally, yeah. <laughs> like I was saying too, I know, I always like when delineating things like this, it's never necessarily, you know, on the day of that it's Mars station retrograde or planet stationing retrograde can be really obvious on the day of, but I do think it speaks of sort of like a longer process. So it might not necessarily kind of all pile up together in one go maybe. Uh, but 
I don't necessarily see that. Maybe on a mundane level, we're going to see more of that manifestation. But for people personally and in your life story, I feel like it's kind of just a, it's a more of an organic thing. You know, it's never just like taking in isolation. Yeah. Um, it does, it does help when the, the moon reaches that point. So I will just give people a heads up for Friday night. Uh, that's when the moon is going to oppose Mars from Sagittarius Friday, the 28th. So, uh, you might get some glimmer into what that, that Mars energy looks, or it could just be heightened, obviously, especially in the opposition there. Um, so if it's a time to be patient and take your time and not overdo things, <laughs> yeah, definitely. that would be yeah. a good thing on Friday, Friday and night. And Jupiter because. having just entered back into Pisces, creating a mutable T-square. Yeah. So, yeah. So just, you know, slow your roll on Friday, Friday night, just saying. Um, all right. Well, we are rolling forward here. My list is like my, I feel like words are just blurring with this Mars Neptune. I like, I look at things and I'm like, I can't read it. It's just like, <laughs> What, what does that even say? What, what, I, what does that say? Mars, Mars would say, return to your intuition. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or just step through the chart. That'll get me there. Yeah. Uh, so on Monday, when we have uh, on Halloween, we got a first quarter in Aquarius at eight degrees of Aquarius. So that lunar eclipse energy is pushing into its, its next phase um, on, uh, on uh, the evening of Halloween there, which is interesting if you're, you celebrate and you're out there with kids and uh, there's just some, some tension, <laughs> some tension in the air, some uh, communal tension, I suppose, with the Saturn has just dynamic. stationed direct too. So yeah. we're just on the other side of the eclipse in Scorpio, uh, Mars is stationed retrograde. Saturn is stationing there. It's the first time the moon's going to hit Saturn too. That's so right. Yeah. The following on Tuesday. Yeah. So Tuesday we'll have a, a, an interesting Saturn Saturnian flavor to it. That'll be a little different than it has been in the couple last couple months, just because like you said, it's, you know, Saturn's now direct. It's got a forward agenda. Um, and so, and it being just so close to, uh, Uranus still. So this is a mm. heightened, heightened point. Um, so just know November 1st does have that Saturnian flavor to it. Um, and then we are going to move on. So a couple of things are going to happen between first quarter and the lunar eclipse that are going to take, pl- it's going to take place on uh, November 8th. Um, so we have Venus who is going to conjunct the South node on November 2nd. And then the sun and Mercury are both going to conjunct the south node uh, around the 5th and the 6th, while Venus goes on to oppose Uranus and square Saturn. So basically we have all the... <laughs> Ellie just laughs. She's like, ah, ha, ha. <laughs> so it's, have... it's hitting everything in my chart. So uh, yeah, I just might laughing, as well laugh at it. <laughs> yeah. Laugh now. Um, no, but so here we have these three planets that are going to like hit that, you know, that, that Drano, that release, that South node, um, you know, the dreams of, uh, excrement coming up at this time. Um, and so, but Venus is kind of leading the charge here, right? Venus is the first one to hit the South node. And then as the other planets go over it, she is lighting up, uh, first Uranus, 
um, which can definitely give some precursors to what the eclipse is going to be that's coming, right? Because it's going to be a Venusian ruled eclipse. Uh, so she's traveling these degrees and then she's going to hit Saturn, which is interesting now in the where Saturn and Uranus is, especially this year. It's like before all these planets would hit Saturn before it hit it hit Uranus, but now it hits Uranus for it has the Uranian moment before it has the Saturnian moment. Um, so any thoughts on all these? A, all these planets going over the South Node. Um, well, like I was saying, in the in a bigger sense, I think it's part of the process of process. Venus and the Venusian, uh, Venusian matters being renewed. That's how I see it, you know, from, from the square to Pluto, like in the last two weeks of September into all of this, the eclipses and moving into that you're like Venus is being rewired and it's kind of just, you know, because the square, she's going to be square Saturn. She's going to, you know, it's a relation, it's relational theme, you know, and, or, or financial or Mm. self-worth. I see some people, depending on where this is, that it has, it has more to do with their own sense of self-worth, their boundaries and all of that. But like I said, I think I see it more as a sort of, uh, yeah, I see more the whole thing as a process, not particularly like, um, you know, that specific moment or whatever. It's like Venus is going down. She's disappearing. Um, she's in the underworld. She's in the pit. She's in the vortex. <laughs> like, um, And there's something about that like, that's really important just for where, like, where she's going, you know? Um, mm. Oh, I do like that in regards to her, the trajectory with it, right? Yeah, she, the she reaches the, she reaches the South node first and has that moment to then kind of be lit up by the Uranian aspect, which can be very liberating in a sense, even if it is trying in some way, at least it's like uh, kind of bringing some sort of like awakening energy to it. And then, and then the whole time the moon's going to be in Pisces, that's trining this and going to be near that Neptune. So once again, that kind of spiritualization process or moving through something that or letting go and releasing something, you know, um, around November 3rd, give or take, uh, and then kind of like the boundaries that come with maybe Saturn there or the renegotiating relationships or the strengthening, you know, of your own values or talking about the self-worth component because all while that all that's going on with Venus, you know, Venus releases and has that moment spiritualization moment with the South node. Uh, and then we have the sun right there, which is our identity and our vitality and our, you know, sense of self, uh, that is going over that. And then there's the whole perceptual process of mercury that is going to go over that too, where mercury gets on board with that. So it's a nice train, I think of, um, and like you said, it doesn't always make it easy. Uh, we might want to try to laugh through it a little bit, but it's a nice train of just like dropping, So say dropping kids off at the pool. No more, no more shit. (laughs) Um, But Venus's desires and Venus with the South Node, while and Mars's desire, like both Mars and Venus are the planets of desires. Mars's retrograde and rules that Venus and Venus is with the South Node. Like you're not gonna get what you want right away. There's something about not getting what you want. That's why I was talking about like this whole kind of spiritualization process and kind of like 
um, surrendering or letting go and having faith and all of that. Because if you're trying to actualize your desires like quickly, and Mars is going to get really impatient when it's yeah. stages of retrograde, it's going to be like really frustrating, and you're going to want things to happen, and you're not necessarily going to get quick result and get exactly what you want right away. That's kind of what I see here, you know? Yeah. And so making, uh, you know, in uh, Venus fashion, making peace with that to some extent, <laughs> like just in, that's just the way, it, the way it is. Well, um, Venus square Saturn is the work that's going to be required to get what you want. Also, you know, the commitment and the work necessary to, to get what you want. Or just the realization of the delay of it. Yeah, <laughs> you know Exactly. Yeah, because yeah, it could be, it, a lot of time it's just, ex, like you said, it's just external circumstance. There might very well be things that transpire on a mundane level with these, you know, these aspects here that we'll have to contend with. Yeah. So Uranus gets us all pumped up and then Saturn's like, not yet. Um, <laughs> which moves us forward because that's the, basically the whole week there before we get to the lunar eclipse on, mm. uh, Tuesday, the eighth. So that's kind of the flavor that leads us up. Kind of feeling stuck. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, get yeah. hopping all, you know, be, be, everybody's going over the South node and Venus is getting electrified, but then, uh, she, she's like hits with like an electric fence it like shocks her and then she's like oh i can't go anywhere that is the perfect <laughs> image for that saturn you're in a square an electric fence you just you just figured it out electric <laughs> fence oh yeah. my god i love that yeah so Very well good one. there it is um and and the the eclipse uh on the eighth is only going to exemplify that a little bit more obviously because the moon there uh in taurus she's exalted in taurus so you know the moon does have a a position there but it's in a precarious place because obviously um the eclipse is squaring saturn pretty pretty close there um and venus is the ruler and still in a combust situation um, and, uh, Mercury is going to have a Kazemi that day. So yeah, that's an interesting component to it. I think, what do you think there's about a Mercury? Ha- there's a lot. Yeah, it's there's so a lot. Well, we had the inferior, uh, Kazemi on, uh, fall on the equinox, right? Yeah. So now Mercury, so that was what, like the 22nd of September, mm-hmm. Mercury was retrograde because you mean the sun and zero Libra. Oh, now a superior conjunction. So there's something again, just like relational, but we're moving deeper into because that was ruled by Venus also. Like we're we're still in that sort of desire relationship realm and all of that, you know? Um and all the logistics needed to get to what you want. Um so I do think the Kazimi, I I'm all for Kazimis, because I do think they're you know, it's a, again, a moment of illumination. So I like, I like the fact that Mars and Mercury are on mutual reception. Mercury sits on the Royal throne. Uh, there's a moment, um, a moment of realization, epiphanies. Sometimes it's not as drastic as it sounds when astrologers are delineating it. It could just be kind of like a small integration process. You're just like, yeah, this makes sense. Um, maybe this, you know, what I want to say is that just because my moon is there in Taurus, 
like my natal moon. Um, there, and kind of how I've conceptualized this is that the moon in Taurus is looking for stability and it's looking to just root down, ground down, find sort of like uh, a simple way of functioning, the most like mm. simple ways. And it does not seem like it's possible. <laughs> um but there's this the north node eclipse it's a full moon a full moon is a moment of illumination obviously the moon is being eclipsed but it's a north node north node is the head of the dragon it eats it wants more it's kind of like a plus sign you know but the ruler of this eclipse is in scorpio in the gutter doing what it's doing playing with poop um sorry. <laughs> trying to flush she's trying, <laughs> trying to flush to it's not flush. it's coming back up <laughs> <laughs> exactly so there's something about taking risks versus safety i find with this angle the taurus scorpio uh, just because uranus the uranian component you're the full moon is conjoined with uranus and so there's this compulsion to take some risks to be more comfortable or to take some risk because we have the idea that once we move towards that risk or that innovation or that upgrade we're going to be more rooted and embodied mm. we're going to be more aligned with who we're supposed to be we're going to be more you know something like that yeah well and I, I love what you say about it being um i know astrologers we can get so dramatic everything is like the end of the world or the next best thing um but but i feel like i love the idea of it being almost a very internal realization process right mm. because it's like mercury's in the heart of the sun um and being ruled by a, a, a pr just retrograde stationed mars which is an internalized process of maybe perceiving and 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 kind of like lining up what your agenda might be right because mars is always has an agenda but right now it's very internalized and processing and trying to perceive which direction it's going and like you said taurus is very uh, taurus like simple taurus likes quiet taurus like wants to kind of like maybe meditate feel, on it or thing. like or, yeah. Or, yeah or take it in sense it what are you sensing at that particular yeah. moment um so it does have that awakening energy and it wants the stability of it but maybe it's coming through the perception of uh, what needs to change the strategy that has to be taken um mm. the risks that have to be taken maybe not in that particular moment but down the road or just internally with like navigating your own energy and your own emotions and your own feelings in a new way um to change the story along um but it does have yeah it has a very internalized energy in, in my mind where we want to pull in pull back and process it a little bit more because especially with venus being in in detriment too you know exile distances in my mind from whatever yeah. it is so there, we just might want that space. We might just need space and quiet in a moment <laughs> within. Yeah, this, take a breather. You know. and, and and Mars in Gemini retrograde, I feel like that's very anxiety-inducing. I don't know yes. for you, but in general, I noticed that the Mars retrograde just exaggerates the Mars signature more. <clears throat> so there's like impatience or more bickering or more frustration or more arguments or more... Uh, you know, 
It's um, definitely, it's an internalized thing. Like my mom has Mars retrograde and Sagittarius and you'd think she'd be out there adventuring the world and doing, no, she doesn't go anywhere. She's got a lot of just fresh, she doesn't, she basically doesn't move <laughs> a lot of times. She's like uh, not even getting any exercise. And so there's just these frustrations and and I always used to wonder that before I knew anything about astrology when I was young, I remember we'd go out to like eat at somewhere and they, the thing she always wanted would never be in stock. Like they wouldn't <laughs> have that. And, and then she would, my mom would like throw like a little mini tantrum and she'd be like, I don't want to have anything. Or like, I don't know that, you know, cause there's just like a frustration that comes up in the, the resistance. We were talking about um, resistance and the defiance and the defensiveness of Scorpio, but also Mars, right? Because I mean, that's what Mars yeah. does. And so it just has this and kind of And things like, are not uh. straightforward. Like, because Mars wants just things to be straightforward, I think. Um, so but things are not just, here. No, it's not straightforward. It's complex. There might be two sides to the story. Yep. There might be many sides to the story. And Taurus is looking to simplify, but also I think because of the Uranian component with this full moon, it's looking to innovate, especially in that part of your chart. It's looking to kind of bring different ways of, of being. Um, but they, the nodes, I, and personally, I do think they work together. They're kind of like a battery. That's how mm -hmm. I see it. And they just need, we need the two points for it to charge properly or work properly. So whatever's happening on the Scorpio end and the Taurus and inform each other. And, you know, it's a, it's kind of like a holistic thing. Obviously Uranus is throwing curveballs, Saturn is throwing curveballs, Mars retrograde is throwing curveballs to all of this process. But fundamentally, if we just take a step back and look, okay, what is happening on the Taurus Scorpio axis with this eclipse? It has to do with finding ways to be more embodied um, maybe in real life, um, but also having to let go of a sense of security <laughs> to get there or a safety net or, you know, take some risks. And that's really just kind of not possible. And Scorpio's just holding on, being like, I'll just yeah. kind of wait and strategize more. And maybe with all of this, if I move maybe this little piece, but there's something so fixated that like, and the grooves are so profound that when the change happened, they're just kind of like all complete, you know? So that's a long process for, for the change to take place. And that's why we have to be patient. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there's something very fixated here that's trying to be dislodged. Uranus is trying to dislodge thing, but it's very fixated. Saturn is not making the job easy. It's just... No, it's not. You know, so... <laughs> Like, well, and, but in Saturn at the same time, it's not making the job easy. It might have like the, uh, about it, but it, it could also be that there's like, it's actually putting something in the way that get, makes it, progress. makes you have no choice, but to change, Yeah, you know, true, like, true, true. Yeah. like you, like you have that. no choice at this, at this time. And that could be, that could be external. I mean, we're talking about an yes. air sign. We're talking yes. <laughs> big old fat squirrel just walked by. Um, we're talking about an air sign. This is, this is external. This is community. This could be political. I mean, there could be changes in, in that sphere that brings some sort of like barrier of yep. change that comes around for other people responsibilities, you know, obviously we're living in a volatile, um, uh, financial climate 
yeah. right now and uh things the are really regulations. expensive this is all this is all part of it i mean there could be sticker shocks that come up <laughs> with uh you know we think about the, the lunar eclipse and taurus conjunct uranus you know there i have a feeling there's going to be some definitely some financial things going going yes. down or how the system yeah. is uh dealing with that um in the crunch digital there. currency all, all these types of things are, yeah. are going to be, um, coming up and how we're trying to find order or strategy and navigate these like volatile situations. And so, and that's where yeah. Saturn kind of comes into, it's like, how do I organize all these things that seem to be a runaway train? I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Um, but, but once Saturn, I think that Saturn's moving stationing direct, like around eclipse season, just like as the sun enters Scorpio and stuff. It's like the final reckoning of that Saturn Uranus square. Once Saturn moves away from Aquarius, we're only left with Uranus next year. Yeah. So things are really going to pop off. I think like what's been slowly, you know, kind of shaping itself on this fixed axis. It's really once Saturn moves away, it's kind of the champagne cap, you know, <laughs> just pops off and i think with what you were talking about like the aries eclipse jupiter and aries and experience stuff, it's really gonna it's gonna so it's it's like a whole uh gestation process you know um a real and a real transformational process so on a mundane level it means a lot of different things but on a personal level especially if you have fixed placement you know uh this whole gestation process is necessary because the fixed signs are really slow to change. So, well, and I love the, your idea of the gestation process. When I think about like Saturn ruling, like the, the bones and the spinal cord and like, Mm. you know, like we're trying, like maybe that's part of this whole gestation is we're trying to put form into something and it's very slow and it takes a lot of time. It takes change. It takes different perceptions. It takes a risk. It takes innovation. It does all those things. So we're just like, start, maybe we're starting to put some bones it, it, but it's a very slow process, you know, like yeah. we just gotta, we just gotta stick with it. And so. you see a lot of people like on a mundane level with the eclipse in Taurus, I do think it's bringing a lot more desire in the collectivity to uh, get off the internet, return to your senses, 100%. ground yourself, eat natural food that are not transformed, be more self-sufficient, have a garden, all of this stuff that we've seen already because Uranus has been there, you know, uh, for some time now, which I like when it comes to maybe some things coming out into the, the open that does support, um, like the earth's mission in in some way, or some innovations coming out and having to do with, uh, you know, f- food or natural ways of being like, I mean, Uranus is that in- innovation point. So, I mean, within all the the tension that is happening, uh, there could be some things that either come out and then don't have to necessarily be public. That's the thing is like when I was talking in the Mars retrograde episode, when I went back and looked at Mars retrograde and Gemini and the cycles there, it's like it, the first web page that was ever created was during Mars retrograde. Uh, the first time they ever coined the term for Microsoft is under Mars retrograde, you know, wow. these are, but these are things that are underground. We don't see them when they happen. Yeah. Yeah. There, so there could be these 
like life-changing innovations that are taking place, but we don't know about them yet you right. know, because it's under wraps and it's, it's quiet. It's in, it's in a, you know, a receiving sign. It's not quite out there yet, but it, it could change the face of humanity over time when it's revealed much later or as, you know, and Mars trying Saturn too, like it happened in September and it's going to happen at the end of November. Yeah. So, you know, Mars retrograde is working in favor of what like the Saturnian agenda is too. It's like that, like this slow structuring process. I do like to see that Mars Saturn trying it's, it's constructive, I think. I agree. And I, I love that it bookends the whole Neptune process. Yeah, because within it, it's like it's not complete chaos. It's not just like now nah, what the there is Saturn hovers around that whole space. And so yeah. if we just get through this particular moment. There's going to be the form. There's going to be the solid idea. There's going to be some sort of flow and strategy yeah. that we can work with. We just have to get through this time. And so once again, what Elodie was saying earlier patience patience yeah. just have the patience and in our research that i've been doing with the lunar zodiac or the lunar mention we mm. noticed that the saturn section um associated with like the 18 degrees and just before a little bit i can't remember the number uh, which number i don't have it on hand here but that particular lunar mention is associated with quarreling and stagnation but the shape the lunar mentioned that comes after is really associated with epiphanies and flow. Ah. So, so like exactly what you're describing there. I do think that like all of this containment and this quarreling or this stagnation or this immobility and this inability to really move forward eventually leads to this, like this, this flow, this release. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. All right. Well, we'll we're gonna ride that wave um, <laughs> and see where that takes us. So after the lunar eclipse, um, we have it's it's an interesting week because we have that eclipse and then Mercury. Obviously, Mercury's riding with the sun there. Mercury's moving in incredibly fast within all this, um, and then they go on to uh, obviously they're making oppositions with Uranus during the eclipse, but on the following. Uh, days through the ninth through the eleventh, we have we have Saturn tension taking place because I mean the Sun and Mercury are both going to square Saturn that midweek. So we're just prepare for some Saturn moments uh, that midweek. Or are you just being more aware of what that Saturn energy is and and how to work with it? Um, but really, what's going to happen is Mercury is going to be on the coattails of Venus because Mercury is moving uh, pretty fast here. And so we have this train of Venus does something, Mercury does something, and the sun does something. Um, and that train is basically trying to Neptune, a sextile to Pluto, and then a trine to Jupiter. Um, so basically through from the 10th to the 17th, so Thursday to Thursday, we have this trying to Neptune, sextile to Pluto, and trying to Jupiter, which the trines to Jupiters are very intriguing. I mean, the Neptune one obviously is because Mars is square Neptune. So we're getting a different flavor of Neptune through the Scorpio lens and the trines, but also these all these planets coming to trine Jupiter back in Pisces seems very intriguing to me. So any, any thoughts on kind of that, that mo- movement taking place? Yeah, that's really interesting, actually. I I had noted that, but 
Well, one thing is, okay, we're out of the eclipse sort of thing. So I always see the eclipses as a sort of installment, you know? Mm -hmm. So even though it's like all Scorpio season and the sun is still in Scorpio, like whatever transpires at the end of October until that full moon eclipse, that's kind of like a parenthesis. And then after that, we're kind of more, um, yeah, I, I, that's just my way of conceptualizing that. So I do like Mercury and Venus uh, together. I feel like Mercury is doing some kind of job there. It's doing the job for Mars and it's kind of like, you know, reaching to Venus. Um, it's interesting because it's a little bit like what's happening right now in the first half of September with all of these trines. But instead of being the conceptual, it's more the emotional or maybe the mm. more felt. Because mm-hmm. um, when we see supportive aspect and co- planets communicating like this, you know that that modality is lit up. And right now we have the air modality lit up. Lots of conversation, lots of, you know, blah, 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 lots of strategizing, conceptualizing. So because of the amount of water, I wonder if it's not going to be more like, um, yeah, like water modality, which is not just emotion. Like we simplify often. We always say like, you know, water is emotion, but it's more like the felt, how things feel. Yeah, right. how things feel, uh, what we're picking up with our intuitive selves, our imaginary, our imaginary self. You know that imaginary self <laughs> we're always talking to. Um, you know that's a yeah, it is a very feeling based um, way of being. It's a spiritualized way of being because that's what essentially what feeling is I, in my mind. Um, I mean, I feel like this would be a great time for either meditation or for, uh, engaging with your creative self, whether that's creativity just to uh, create, or you're inspired by the muse or you're doing creative acts to go through some cathartic experience too. You know, maybe you got dealt a hand that you're like, ah, how do I release this? Well, you know, the creative um, impulse could be uh, really abundant, I think, during this time period. Yeah, Mercury Venus together is like still, again, it's like thinking about beauty, thinking about our values, thinking about what we desire, thinking about what we want. Like the process continues, but it's like in Scorpio, it's kind of just like more, um, yeah, it's more of an intuitive. It's not like so rational, you know, Well, I feel like there's also like a nice little, like seeing the beauty within what is not typically beautiful or like might be a little ugly or a little, I mean, I use whatever that means, the ugly, but you know, like might be a taboo or, or like the silver lining, you know, the silver lining to me is very, uh, Mercury, Venus and Scorpio, because yeah, maybe something not that savory we have taken in. But how do we how do we see the beauty in that? How do we see the promise in that? How do we see how it could actually be advantageous in some way? Um, and I love kind that. of making peace with that. It's Venus and Scorpio too. Is that why you're saying that? Yeah. Yeah. Because it, it's it's not all pretty. It's not all like roses and and you know a bright blue sky. It's a little be a little dark in there it'd be a little <laughs> yeah it's um, definitely like i don't know when i see venus like all these planets in scorpio trining jupiter neptune and mars for neptune it's kind of like it reminds me of just kind of like a teenage movie like people it's like halloween season or like fall and they go into cemetery and it's kind of goth and 
they smoke weed and they just lay down and <laughs> they have like existential conversations or something. Um, just kind of like wandering the cemetery or something. <laughs> it's like, it's, yeah, it's very experiential as opposed to productive, I guess. That's what I would say. Yeah. I'd say it's not, it's not, it doesn't look so productive. Like whatever kind of transpires from the eclipse cycle, we move into this kind of maybe unproductive yeah. Um, yes. realm where we just kind of need to tune out a little bit and just kind of be in different modalities, like with, with our desire and our bodies and I don't know, something like that. Music. I think you're absolutely right because I, I mean, I don't know about you, but I, the mode I'm in right now, I feel like I'm like juggling 20 balls at one time oh and, my God. and I'm exhausted. Like, yeah. And, and so I feel like this is actually some sort of like break where it's like, you know what, you can just hang out for a little bit. You can process, you can move at a slower pace and it's, and it's okay. And, and through that, like kind of quieting down and having that moment, uh, to just be, <laughs> um, and there's actually something that's facilitating your growth and yeah. your spiritual growth and like the emotional baggage, like releasing the emotional yeah. baggage I was talking about earlier. Cause you know, the, that this period ends with all these trines to, uh, Jupiter. Yeah. And, um, I think that, I, I think we need that in order to like have move forward, <laughs> you know, inside, uh, we just might need a moment to go with the flow of life. Yeah. The worst, the worst signature, like the worst possible kind of scenario with the signature is kind of like uh, escapism, self-destruction, yeah. um, you know, wanting to just like drink or get high or whatever. Uh, Cause that's Neptune also. That's kind of like the worst that I would see when I did a research on Jupiter and Pisces people, like a lot of them were, like escape artists, you know, <laughs> not escape artists. Uh, how do you say like escapism, like is it Piaf? Um, you know, a lot of people were like drinkers and gamblers and stuff like that because Jupiter and Pisces kind of like, um, yeah, it's looking for that real kind of, it's looking for that sensation, you know, especially close to Neptune like that. So I do think on a productive level, I guess productive, I don't like using that word, but it's more, it's very creative, like movies, good time to like, sh like, you know, film a short or like you said, meditation retreat and things like that. On the other side of it, it's kind of wanting to ignore everything maybe. And yeah. Um, it's or, not there. <laughs> or engage in, in kind of like activities that allows you to, um, not think about things, but in a kind of self-destructive way, because the Scorpio signature, but this is just, yeah, this is, I think there's yeah. a lot of, um, well, and with anything, you know, there's in, in once again, all this is backed, all the Scorpios backed by this Mars retrograde in Gemini. So there, there's possibilities for all these different storylines to be taking yes. place. Yeah, and simultaneously, yeah. it doesn't even have to be one for one person, one for the other. It could be all yeah. the, we're all dancing in this this space. Um, I will say just on November 11th, as this is all taking place, that's when we're going to have the moon conjunct that Mars retrograde for the first time. So, uh, on that Friday, very early and sun in the square morning. Saturn and the sun square. Sat so there is, there's, yeah, there's a, <laughs> there's definitely, if you want to test, get the flavor of what Mars retrograde in Gemini is, I feel like the moon is going to really pick up 
uh, especially just Gemini while the moon's in Gemini during that cycle anyways, after the eclipse. So um, just kind of pay attention if you're a moon tracker, like I am. Um, And again, like, yeah, it's like, again, I think it's kind of like, depending on where things hit in your chart is going to play out very differently for people. Yeah. Yeah. There is, there's like these hot spots. It's like, are you a fixed person that's in the middle of the fixed sign? Are you a fixed person that's in the early part of the fixed sign with the solar eclipse? Are you a late degree mutable person (laughs) that is getting this Mars, (laughs) Neptune, uh, you know, activity? Like there's, there's these specialized hot points. Um, I wouldn't say that the, the cardinal folks are completely out of it, but it is definitely a little more heavy on the, the fixed and the mutable uh, zone uh, right now. So just see where that lies for you. Um, it's interesting too, because as we were just talking about Venus, Mercury, and the sun making this, this flow to Neptune, Pluto, and Jupiter, uh, within that, we have a last quarter moon in, uh, Leo, which is always a very personalized, get in touch with yourself process, I think personally. Um, and that's going to be on the Wednesday, the 16th. So there's, that's another kind of chapter turn page in this lunation cycle that is taking place. Um, what else do we have going on there? Uh, and obviously this is actually leading us to the square with Neptune, Mars's next square with Neptune. So the second pass is going to be on the 19th. And so just as all those planets, so basically Venus and Mercury both move into Sagittarius. So that will be a whole different flavor. You know, Venus moves in on the 16th, around the 16th, 15th, 16th, and then Mercury on the 17th. So that's going to take some pressure off the Scorpio um, energy there, but which is interesting because the next pass of Mars square Neptune has is now backed by uh, Mercury in Sagittarius, which is a bit of a different flavor. Um, right as the sun trines Jupiter. So it's a, th- to me, this is an interesting moment from about the, the 17th. Well, when's the, well, I'd say maybe the 18th, cause the moon is going to light up that configuration. Um, the 18th through the 20th, that weekend. So I guess, and this kind of brings us pretty much almost to the end of Scorpio season here, but let's, let's talk about that Mars, the second Mars square to Neptune and being backed by that Mercury and Sag. Yeah, that's cool. I like that. So when we were talking about the trine between like Venus, Mercury and Jupiter earlier, just then, Mm -hmm. um, I hadn't noticed that the sun was square Saturn. I wonder if there's going to be more, um, yeah, more creative flow coming through with these aspects here. Um, just because, uh, because of the Sag influx. Yeah. And like, I feel like it opens things like there's, yeah. What, what was once really closed now seems to be like, Oh, but there's, there's possibility, right? You know, because Mercury yeah. and Venus are now looking to Jupiter, the sun's trining Jupiter, and all of a sudden yeah. it's like, oh, maybe there is a way forward, or maybe yeah. I, you know. <laughs> and like Scorpio can be kind of like 
also very intense, right? As we yes. know. Um, <laughs> what it do can you mean? Very... I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> it can, and it can be all or nothing. I think it could be more all of no- or nothing vibes yeah. than as we move and progress to the month of November, it becomes a little bit more integrated. Although, you know, um, Mars, you know, Mars is, is there agitating things and it will continue because we're that Mars is squaring Neptune. So this, if anything, it might be just kind of like going back into this lack of focus or the scattering that we're kind of experiencing a little bit right now, um, you know, with the, with the Mars square Neptune that just happened. Um, I wonder because Mer- uh, Mercury in Sag is a little bit impatient <laughs> also. <laughs> and Mars is like now moving retrograde and stuff. So it's almost like kind of being like, oh, I can make that work. Yeah, that's going to work. Let's just take a shot, you know, or something like kind of like yeah, more there, there is taking. There is a stretch here, right? You know, because yeah. the sun trining Jupiter too, being like, yeah, like that's, that's Yes. Say yeah, yes to that. Yeah, let's do, let's say do yes that. To that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Say yes to that, and yes to that, and yes to that. And you're like, wait, yeah. how did my plate get so full again? I don't know how that happened. <laughs> and the the crazy thing is that we have a moon in Sag, a new moon in Sag, like later on the 23rd. And you're probably going to talk about that later in another podcast. But Jupiter stations direct on the new yes. moon in Sagittarius. Yes. So something is kind of kickstarting here. But again, there might be a lot of kind of fantasy involved or whatever, or uh, we're going to be faced with our impatience and the impatience that Mars retrograde brings as we progress to the Sag season. It's going to be less emo, less churning, less like processing venom, less like unclogging toilet and more just kind of like, <laughs> uh, you're going to have to tie your horses and it's their wild horses or something, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, well, I feel like this is going to be a welcome change, even though it's still going to be a little chaotic and definitely. Like just, like, I love maybe. the mutable energy. Yeah, uh, but looking at Jupiter, uh, <laughs> Jupiter, you know, Jupiter ruling the Sag season, Jupiter and Pisces, and Mars for Neptune. There's a little bit of like um, Sagittarius is the salesman of the zodiac. You know, there's a little bit of like we can make this work and. It's true, like Sagittarius make crazy thing happen. So it's like, if you don't take a risk, if you don't do it, it's not going to work or oh, you're never going to find out, you know? So it's, there's like this kind of more gambling kind of like thing that kind of comes in. Yeah. Well, because it, it's, it's, there's more of an optimistic flair where everything was yeah. so intense and extreme and Scorpio. Yeah. And it was like, oh. <laughs> You know, like just going through the, the just going through it. You know, yeah. we begin in a Sag and we're, you know, Venus becomes more open. Mercury's becoming more open. Maybe it's not seeing yeah. things clearly. Maybe it's only looking at the bigger picture and not the details. You know, Mercury is mm. in its detriment there. But, uh, you know, sometimes we have to have that. Sometimes we have to have that optimistic way of looking. And so it just seems like the skies are a little brighter. Are things necessarily much better? I don't know. But yeah, it's but it's like the the attitude. It's not so heavy. It's, it's not, not so, so heavy. Goth. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not so goth. It's like you know, you you start to add a little color to your wardrobe. You know, maybe you put on yeah. some red shoes. Maybe you put yeah. on a yellow shirt. You know, it's not. Maybe you take off the eyeliner because you know maybe it's like it's getting a little too heavy there. 
So yeah, it's so it's just these slight like <laughs> lightening up, right? You know, and then by the time yeah. we get the Sag season, obviously, and, and it's interesting because Mercury is actually going to Mercury and Venus are going to uh, oh, conjunct, I believe, right before. Yeah, the last day of Scorpio season, we have a, a Venus Mercury conjunction in, in Sagittarius. So right as we leave you know, Scorpio, there's, there's kind of big Sag energy that's, that's taking place. Um, and the sun square Jupiter. And Oh, and no, the, sorry. I put the, was it the sun and Scorpio trying Jupiter? Yeah. The, the, yes, exactly. yes. Yes. Yeah. So there's, so there is this whole Sag exit that seems to happen. Um, there's a, there's a mutable exit that happens with the sun <laughs> leaving that fixed sign. And, you know, granted it's, it's going to be a sun, Scorpio sun, a Scorpio moon. Like it's going to be internalized in some sense, you know, we're at the darkest balsamic point of the lunar cycle, but there's something about the, what's cooking up behind the scenes with that Venus and, and, uh, Mercury and, Jupiter. The question is like, can you keep your poker face during the yeah. season? <laughs> well, maybe with the Scorpio, you still can because it's That's like true. Mm, yeah. You don't know. You don't know. We were still talking about the secrets, right? You know, yeah, you know definitely. What, uh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> what's going on behind the scenes? Uh, so, so the moral of the stories is between October 20th to November 20th, we're looking at the we're looking at uh, bumpy terrain and then <laughs> a, a sort of like, you know, we're looking at having to work a little bit on ourselves. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. Oh, yeah. And, and then uh, moving into sad season, there's definitely this sort of uh, moving forward, moving forward, we're lightening yeah. up, seeing the yeah. bigger picture of it all, you know, just, and Saturn's uh, moving forward, which yeah. we like. Yeah. We're not stuck here. We're not stuck here forever. There's yeah, a glimmer and, of hope we can attach to once again. <laughs> and then Mars retrograde does not rule um, the show anymore as much. It's still happening, but it's not ruling the sun and you know all exactly. the Scorpio planets. So, exactly. yeah, beautiful. Yeah. So, so there it is. There's a lot, lot going on, and of course, uh, I'm going to challenge you with a during a Mars stationing retrograde of uh, if you had one word to describe the Scorpio eclipse season, what would it be? Um, well, in your little notes of your show, I had put two keywords. Cool. <laughs> since, well, you know, Mars is in Mars Gemini. And Gemini. <laughs> <laughs> I put opportunities for renewal, because obviously, or self-deception also. <laughs> That's the two keywords that I put. Um, renewal versus deception. <laughs> Well, just because of the Neptunian signature with Mars there, it's, it's kind of like, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll let you have it since we, it is mutable space. <laughs> I think, I think you're, I What's think you're your right. Keyword? I think maybe mine is depths, depths <laughs> like yeah. depths go like basically engage with the depths because I think there's a lot to be found there. If you just like, it can be tempting to stay on the surface, especially with Gemini, mm. but 
all so much is being asked of us from the depths. And so, yeah, it's almost like don't skirt that go there because it'll be worth it and you'll gain understanding (laughs) and perception afterwards. Yeah. What do you really want? You know? Yeah. Venus. Well, I mean, Scorpio is also that it's desires and Venus disappearing. It's kind of like, what do you really want? I guess we're going to find out. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Insert witch laugh. Yeah. Stir the brew. You know, that's where we're at. That's where we're at. Well, thank you so much for having me on the show. It's a pleasure getting to chat with you. Absolutely. So where can people find you? What do you got going on? Okay. So you can find me at ninthhouseastrology.com. This is my website. I'm on Instagram, but I have a private profile now because everybody was just scamming my account. So I decided to make it uh, private, but I do take people in after a little Scorpio scam. (laughs) (laughs) It's uh, ninthhouseastrology on Instagram. And uh, I also have a website in collaboration with my colleague lunarzodiac.com where we research the lunar mansion and yeah i consult and write horoscopes for astrograph so my monthly horoscope are on the astrograph website also love it so there's a lot to engage with with led so go on and visit her uh, on her website or on the gram um, you, uh, you do share some lovely insights i have to say when i see them pop up i'm always like oh yeah i, so. I resonate with that um <laughs> yeah So in case you didn't get that, of course, I always do a blog post for each guest that joins me on the podcast. So you can come on over to energeticprinciples.com and there will be a a post with all the information from this show here. Uh, You can also visit me on Instagram at energeticprinciples where I have been sparsely posting. I keep saying that, Mm -hmm. Um, but that is just where I am at this particular time in my life. And I'm going to be on vacation for half of this Scorpio cycle. So, um, so just so you know, if you don't see me anywhere, I'm living it up somewhere else now, (laughs) Um, but yeah, no, it'll be nice. It's a, it's a, it's a good time coming. I'm going to be in new Orleans during Halloween. Oh, that's amazing. Enjoy. I might join you. Yeah. Come on down. (laughs) Hopefully I'll come back alive. Um, but (laughs) I'm sure I will. I can't kill this Scorpio rising. Not yet. Um, all right. So uh, what else do I have going on? Well, you can sign up for my monthly newsletter as well. The heavenly wind. Um, I may or may not have a, a October edition just or October, um, November edition depends. It could come out a little late just cause I'm going to be on vacation and I'm not always a good planner. So I'm just going to own that. Um, and <laughs> say it may or may not come this month. Um, other than that, I'm cooking some things up behind the scenes, but can't tell you about them yet. Secrets. Secrets. <laughs> Sneaky Mal is up to something. You're going to have to wait. Um, all right. Well, what else? You can, uh, if you listen to this to in a place that you can review it, leave a review on iTunes or iTunes, not even iTunes anymore, Apple Podcasts um, or wherever. I don't know. If you feel like reviewing it, review it. It does help things be seen. If you're watching this on YouTube, leave a comment. Tell us what you think about the season. It just helps the boost. And I like to hear from you because I'm curious what's going on in your life. Uh, Share it with a friend, spread the good word, email it over, text it, 
Instagram it, share it, however you feel called, um, because people need to know what's going on now. Knowledge is power. Um, and really, that is it. I, I want to thank you again, Elodie, for being on my show. It was a pleasure getting to connect with you and talk all things Scorpio season. Thank you so much. All right, everyone. Well, we wish you the best out there. You know, take your time. Take your time. Do it right. I, I don't know. There's, It's a groove <laughs> thing. <laughs> I don't know why that just came to me, Um, but there you have it. So uh, good luck, everyone out there. And as always, may the stars be with you.